Patriots and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Patriot. Good to be with you this morning, and I hope, I hope everybody got at least everybody got to see like a part of. If you didn't get to watch the entire thing, you're not like me walking around all damn day with your phone in your hand watching the whistleblower testimony from the IRS. Um, really damning stuff. I mean, they broke it down in such a way as that I heard details I never heard before. I heard the stories from perspectives I never considered before, and all of it even more damning than what what we already knew going into this. So, I mean, Jim Jordan, uh, Comer, uh, MTG, oh my God, where do you see her clip? If you didn't see it, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I don't know if you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever, but if you get a chance, go over to the Rumble channel, to the Patriots Prayer on the Rumble channel, take a look at the video you're gonna want to see this when i show it but uh you know it, it just it, the, the lady's fearless she's absolutely fearless um these these guys coming in here were quite fearless themselves because they faced an uphill battle the entire time right here you got one of the whistleblowers who is a democrat uh self you know uh, he, you know he said it himself that he's a democrat and he's also a gay man so Here's a guy who says, yes, I'm both of those things, and I've been called a traitor to the Democratic Party and all of this. See, why is it that when you start wanting to tell the truth, you're a traitor? Think about that. <laughs> Think about that, okay? These guys, you know, they put it all on the line to come forward and say the things that they're saying. There's no doubt that they that they are, I mean... They have the details and know where the body's buried. They know the exact numbers. They know what happened. And uh, as they tell the story, and I'll let them do it, they do it probably a lot better than me, but the, uh, as they tell the story, you're, you yourself will start to see that uh, in this case, and it was just refreshing because you don't get to see this sort of thing every day. I complain about it all the time. Right and left cannot mean more than right and wrong. Now, here's a Democrat coming forward saying, yes, I'm all of those things, but the truth matters, right? Which is our motto here at the Patriots Prayer. Truth matters. And truth, the truth doesn't have a political party. I mean, you may think it does right now, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have a political party. It just seems to be more attached to the right right now than the left by quite a margin, quite a margin. And if you, like I said, if, if, if the people who saw the whistleblower testimony um, can uh, testify to the exact same thing. Um, these guys went forward. They were lambasted. They were, they were a, a lot of the time you had uh, Democratic senators, I mean, uh, just their, uh, excuse me, congressmen there that were, uh, you know, they use the platform for something altogether different, right? They used it for something different. One, one lady was up there race baiting, essentially saying, you can't say two-tier justice system because 
that belongs to black folks and you're overlooking them every whenever you say that you're overlooking black folks that lady ridiculous stupid i abs i mean stupid because here here they are talking about uh, a situation in which a, a male white guy who was actually given privilege right this is what they bitch about here it is served up on a silver platter for you and you use your victimhood this is why it doesn't even work she shot herself in the face she's trying to use the victimhood of black people to to substantiate why going after hunter biden is wrong isn't it the exact opposite wouldn't you say that the that the true two-tier if the, you believe the true two-tier justice system is is one uh, uh, that is disproportionately puts blacks in prison uh, more often, violates them on parole more often, all these things that she spouted off. If you truly believe that, wouldn't you be upset at the fact that a white upper-class male was shown privilege and without having to serve a day in jail got a sweetheart deal because his daddy's the president? Wouldn't this be the epitome of what you're against if that's your actual excuse? Come on. I mean, this is this is grade school level. That was the dumbest damn thing that she could have ever did or used her platform for. Because, in fact, by doing so, actually, without even and unwittingly, sides with the people on our side of the aisle who state that this guy should have been in prison. Any one of us would have been in prison. Any one of us would have been in prison. It, it, <laughs> this guy has walked through fire thus far. You know, he, he, we have... Video evidence, laptop evidence, whistleblower evidence, business partner evidence, recordings, audio calls. I mean, you name it, bank account records. Oh, he paid prostitutes. He did all sorts of things. All of this on the record. All on the record. And nothing. Nothing. And if you try to make something out of it, I, I couldn't believe there would be, but there are people on the other side of the issue that would rather, instead of doing what's right, they say, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump, but... People, if Trump actually did something wrong, if he had a law that he had broken, do you think he has enough people in the system that they've rigged by uh, basically uh, uh, placing their people in the FBI and the FBI seemingly protecting them, right? The FBI, the Secret Service now... Uh, uh, DAs across the United States are seemingly siding with the uh, Biden White House and attacking former President Trump. I mean, they're inventing charges where they aren't unbootstrapping old charges that are beyond the statute of limitations. You name it, they've done it. They've done it. But she doesn't like the two-tier justice system, and that's why arresting Hunter Biden and convicting him is her wrong. Why? Exactly. <laughs> like I told you, I, I've said it many, many times before. They eat their own. They eat their own. They they cannot come up with a standard to stick to. They don't have a damn platform. Just a bunch of victims. That's all it is. <laughs> and those people don't want to be treated as victims. Like they they treat all like they talk about black people like they're all victims, as if black people are not truly our equals. They talk about them like they, black people can't uh, compete in a merit-based system. Are you dumb? <laughs> you have to be the dumb one to say something so just off the... 
man, look, you just ugh. <laughs> can't imagine the gall of someone to have sat down in front of their computer on a tweet. Write that all out. Look at it, say, hmm, yeah, and hit enter and expect praise for such a racist statement. I, I just, I can't believe it. Jim Jordan's opening statement here is is uh, tantamount for setting the move for the rest of the hearing. And it's, uh, let's take a listen to it. And uh, the, the this one is going to be quite a long one uh, going through. I'm going to let them talk. We're going to sit here and kind of break down what they said because there was so much information uh, in this whistleblower testimony that I, I definitely don't want to uh, – I want to do it the justice that it deserves, and uh, I, I think you'll all understand a little better. Uh, give me just a second because I'm queuing this up because I wasn't ready. <laughs> I should have been ready, but I wasn't ready. All right, so here we go. Jim Jordan's opening. He's in charge statement. of the investigation. October 7th, in a meeting with Gary Shapley, one of the whistleblowers, David Weiss said, I'm not the deciding official. Who are you going to believe? On February 28th, I wrote the Attorney General asking him why there's no special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation. So, guys, keep this in mind, right? And, 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 and listen to what he's saying. He's telling you. Uh, what to pay attention to. The fact that David Weiss said that he's not the uh, charging official, and he said they, it was said that he didn't have the powers that he needed to do the job that he needed to do, then he did, then he didn't again, and just that's going to play a big part. Just listen. David Weiss said, I'm not the deciding official. Who are you going to believe? On February 28th, I wrote the Attorney General asking him why there's no special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation. He didn't respond which is unusual in and of itself. They always respond to the Judiciary Committee when we write something to them. I wrote again on May 25th. Again, the Attorney General didn't respond, but David Weiss did. And here's what he said. June 7th, he said this, I have been granted ultimate authority over the matter, including responsibility for deciding where, when, and whether to file charges. That's what the U.S. Attorney said on June 7th. Three weeks later, Mr. Weiss wrote me again, and he said this, I stand by what I wrote, but I wish to expand. Wow. Already changed. Now, keep in mind, he's, he's telling you, he, he, David Weiss had his own story, his own side of what he, he said happened, right? He was involved in the investigation, obviously, at charging authority, right? So remember that he gave them two stories and then stopped dead in his tracks and then said, hey, I, uh, I want to I expand. I want to explain, right? Uh, that's what people do when they get caught lying. They say, oh, oh, no, 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 let me explain, let me explain, because they know we're getting ready to, uh, to bust them. It, we're getting ready to expose their lies. Remember Jim Jordan said that because down the road here, he's going to explain why he said it. Right? Changing his story 23 days later, and he said this, my charging authority is geographically limited to my home district. Well, wait a minute. You just told me 23 days before you have ultimate authority. Now you change it. Then again, on July 10th, Mr. Weiss wrote Senator Graham, and he said this, paragraph 2, to clarify, I have not requested special counsel designation. Rather, I had discussions with departmental officials. Mr. Weiss can't get his story straight. Three different stories in a five-week time frame. On June 7th, he's, 
He's Tarzan. He's super. I, I got ultimate authority. I can do what I want. File yeah. charges where I want, when I want, and how I want. June 30th, well, actually, no, I can't. And then, of course, on July 10th, he says, to clarify, I haven't requested special counsel status, but I've been talking to the folks at Maine Justice. Three different positions in a little over a month. That's what you I was talking about. You know whose story about. hasn't changed? These two guys. Their testimony has been consistent. Throughout, their testimony has been the same. And guess what? Two days ago, an FBI agent confirmed their testimony. Who are you going to believe? The Justice Department can't get their story straight, changed three times in 33 days, or these two guys? The Justice Department that was found to censor Americans just two weeks ago from the federal court in Louisiana, the Justice Department that said moms and dads are terrorists, the Justice Department that said if you're a... See, he's, this is exactly what I keep telling people. The character uh, uh, of, of these law enforcement agencies, how people view them, uh, how people see them uh, and perceive them has completely uh, changed. We, we do not find ourselves in a world today where when our law enforcement agencies come forward and say something that we take their word for it because we, we used to. We used to say, well, the FBI said, and we would just think that was solid. The FBI, that was enough. I mean, unless you're talking about a John Kennedy assassination, right? But, you know, we, we had a very, we had a trust uh, in, in the system. You know, most of us did anyway. You know, obviously, obviously, we're not the, not the uh, exception. We are the rule. But there are many exceptions in the United States. We have all kinds. But here it is. He's pointing out the obvious, and he's telling you, why in the hell would you believe a Justice Department that also did X, Y, Z, and over here where this department did this, this, and this? They're, they're telling you, like, this is the stuff that people see and what we think, so we've lost trust. In, in in our in our justice system, we've lost trust in 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 our, in our government, the one that sees all of the crimes take place that we're going over in this video and in many others that we've put out, but nothing's happened, nothing's taken place, no one's been arrested. You know who's been arrested? The people trying to expose it. And later on, you're going to see them actually get mad over the fact. They're trying to expose it. And once again, in another hypocritical statement made by a Democrat, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but uh, Connolly, uh, he, he put his foot in his mouth. And we're, we're going to get to that video a little later. But just, just know, every time they try to come at these whistleblowers with some uh, cockamamie uh, one-line mic drop moment, it got flipped on them. It got flipped on them. The truth has a way of doing that to you. So... A lot of the other ones didn't even want to go down that road. This is my take on it, that some of them didn't want to address the issue. So when it came time for them to speak or they had their time, as opposed to addressing the whistleblowers, they used the platform to give a speech, right? So that they didn't get caught up taking a position. They grabbed an issue that they wanted to talk about and used the platform to do that, which was really nonsensical because this is what they're here for. They're here for the whistleblower testimony they're here to talk about these things but they don't do it they a lot of them a lot of them don't even go near it in, unless it's a vague generality such as that's a lie and the republicans this and trump that but they don't talk about these things 
You're only going to hear that from the Republican side. You're going to hear the stories from the whistleblowers. And the only thing you're going to hear from the left is them trying to twist the truth and ignore the obvious. I mean, they're willfully ignorant as they come. Pro-life Catholic, you're an extremist. That's right. The Justice Department that can't get his story straight are these two guys. Ten years over a decade of experience for each of them. The go-to guys in international tax evasion cases. The A-team when it comes to investigating these matters. All over the world they've done this. And who've been consistent throughout. I think I'll believe these guys. I think they're the ones telling the truth. And that is, that is fundamentally what this comes down to. So God bless you guys for the work you've done, the courage you have, and for being here today, stepping forward because you care about equal treatment under the law. That's what's at stake, plain and simple. I yield back. So, and he's right. That is what is at stake. Equal treatment under the law. But every time you try to bring up equal treatment under the law, they typically go, but Trump, but this person, but, but, but. And they don't deal with the obvious thing that's right in front of you. It's essentially like saying, well, yeah, well, he, he should be able to get away with doing all this because that happened. So we should just overlook this. I mean, you boil their statement down to uh, the baseline and that's what you get. It's like, okay, so are we just supposed to not care about this because that happened? And the, that they're typically referring to is uh, not true or something that has completely already been discredited. The problem is, is they don't get challenged enough on their actual dis and misinformation. They make these statements in these moments where they're talking to reporters or media outlets that don't question them. And once they say it, it's said. And when no one questions them, their lefties on the other side of the aisle think that, oh, because nobody challenged them when they said it, they must have been telling the truth. When in fact, they weren't. But it was, it's all set up that way because the media pushes the left-wing agenda. And then it, you guys fall right into the trap because you don't think for yourselves. You don't. You have no objective way of sitting back, looking at all the facts, and then making a decision. Let me explain. I, I Yes, I, I am as conservative as they absolutely come. No doubt. But I do not support every conservative. Nor do I, I mean, like the, the Bush administration. I was not a Bush fan at all, zero percent. At all. And, and there are tons of reasons why. But here's, a, here's, a, here's a, a Republican president that I did not support at all. None at all. If, uh, you know, knowing what we know now, I mean, I think I made the right decision of not supporting that guy. But just to say that there are many things that he did that I found absolutely wrong. The lies told, the... You know, the whole uh, uh, thing surrounding 9-11 and how he handled it in the uh, Patriot Act and Victory Act, all these, you know, FISA, all the things that he did to make it to where Americans lost their civil liberties. I, he, he was a terrible president, terrible president. And I don't care that he's a Republican. You know why? Because right and wrong need to mean more than right and left. And we need to police our own. And not get up here and lie and defend people that you know are wrong. Just because they're in your party. That's crazy. You know, that, I mean, that, you absolutely have to have no integrity to take that approach uh, with government. So, 
I, I, I really I really don't know how they can take up for some of the things that they do. I mean, if you look on the Patriots Prayer page and look at some of the posts that we put out regarding the uh, the movie, The Sound of Freedom, uh, and some of the things that the leftists have written in uh, protest to the post, and, and basically, and to the movie, uh, you would think that they were absolutely 100% for child trafficking because this is a movie about child, child trafficking, but they attack it on every other basis but the premise of the actual movie. Oh, the, 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 the story's not exactly true, and, but they believe in QAnon and all these things. They attack it on little dumb things and, and miss the entire point. It's just like when you go at one of them, uh, and 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 it's and it's very apparent that they don't know what they're talking about, or they're in the wrong, and you've done, you've just lambasted them, the the just sent them a, a quick zinger and proved them completely wrong, and then they go, you didn't put a comma. <laughs> they're idiots, they're idiots. But you know what? If if it weren't for them, we wouldn't have nothing to laugh at. But I tell you, if it weren't for them, one of the couple of things we wouldn't have either: gun violence to the extent that we do. Uh, poverty to the extent that we do, crime to the extent that we do, uh, quite a bit uh, that, that, you know, in the world and that we wouldn't have to deal with if these people didn't subscribe to the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party didn't humor them and placate them and sit there and uh, uh, pay them essentially for their vote. What do you think entitlements are? Why do you think these people continually vote Democratic, even though the Democrats are the ones that are hurting them and holding them back, and the same ones who don't believe that they can uh, compete in a merit-based system, nor do they believe they know how to get an idea or where the DMV is because they're just too stupid, according to the Democratic Party. This is their excuse for why they don't want voter ID. The real re uh, reason why they don't want voter ID is because they want to cheat. Plain and simple. Listen to what Comer is stating uh, I think here that you'll understand in his, uh, excuse me, not Comer, this is the whistleblower statement, um, and it's it's very eye-opening. Listen to what the guy says. You can hear that he's a genuine guy, that he's telling the truth, and that's all that he wants to do. Listen to what he says. Thank you, Chairman Comer, Chairman Smith, Chairman Jordan, Ranking Member Raskin, and members of the committee. Today I, I, I sit here before you not as a hero or or a victim, but as a whistleblower compelled to disclose the truth. That said, in coming forward, I believe I'm risking my career, my reputation, and my casework outside of the investigation we are here to discuss. I ultimately made the decision to come forward after what I believe were multiple attempts at blowing the whistle in the Internal Revenue Service, at the Internal Revenue Service. No one should be above the law, regardless of your political affiliation. I humbly view my role here today as providing the facts as I best understood them and to let Congress and the administration and the public consider those facts and determine the best path forward. I recognize why I was present at the start of this investigation and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years. I'm just a part of the story. Others, including my colleague and supervisor Gary Shapley, who is here with me today, have their own views and understandings of what took place during this investigation. I've been an agent with the IRS since 2010. In 2007, I received my undergraduate degree from Ohio University, my MBA from John Carroll University. Prior to starting my career at the IRS, I worked at Ernst & Young, Ernst & Young as an external auditor. Throughout my career with the IRS, I have worked a variety of successful criminal tax 
and money, money laundering investigations. In 2018, I transitioned to being a Biden investigation. I've recently discovered that people are saying that I must be more credible because I'm a Democrat who happens to be married to a man. I'm no more credible than this man sitting next to me due to my, actual, due to my sexual orientation or my political beliefs. The truth is that's how it used to be. That's exactly how it used to be. I can absolutely disagree with his lifestyle. I can disagree with his political views. And still, we can respect one another. We don't have to have the anti-Democrats and the Dem Democrats being anti-Republican. And, and, and whatever we are for, they're absolutely against. Even if what we're for is good, they still have to be against it because they can't be seen siding with us. So who loses out? The people. That's who loses out because... Everybody's good ideas get shot down as a result of that kind of governing, and it's terrible. It needs to stop. It is. My credibility comes today from my job experience with the IRS and my intimate knowledge of the agency's standard and procedures. I was raised and have always strived to do what is right. Although I do have my supporters, others have said that I am a traitor to the Democratic Party and that I am causing more division in our society. I implore you to consider that if you are Okay, so keep this in mind that I said this earlier. He's coming forward telling the truth. The people in his life that know this, that are Democrats, people have accused him of being a, a, a traitor to the Democratic Party for telling the truth. I mean, let that sink in. Can you imagine? People think it would be a better world out there if people that were that were doing the things that Hunter Biden did were allowed to do them and that upending that by telling the truth and getting justice uh, would be betraying the Democratic Party. That's wild. From my position with the facts as I have stated them, ask yourself if you would be doing the exact same thing. I hope that I am an example to other LGBTQ people out there who are questioning doing the right thing at the potential cost of themselves and others. We should always... And, and you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but, uh, guys, look. If... Why is it that... I mean, at the whole time that Jim Jordan is speaking, I, I, they got, you know, they, they got Lauren Bulber in, in, the, in the picture. Um, I, maybe she's good for ratings. I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm listening to him speak, but I keep looking at Lauren Boebert. Hey, love my wife. I absolutely love my wife. But this lady is, she's, she's a beautiful woman. And I, 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 and I think that if you look in front of Comer when they go back, when we go back over there, you'll see they, they, they made sure to put a, a pretty girl in the frame there too. It, it, just funny. Just the little things that I notice, right? Whoa. <laughs> Is do the right thing, no matter how painful the process might be. I kind of equate this to the experience and feelings I encountered when coming out. It was honestly one of the hardest things I ever had to go through. I contemplated scenarios that would have been highly regrettable, but I did what is right, and I'm standing in, or I'm sitting here in front of you today. I would first like to take a minute to thank some people for their unfettered help and support. First off, so God, that's 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 that. Um, yeah, and then he goes on to thank God and his husband. So <laughs> just 
<laughs> I couldn't go down that road because I didn't. Even though he didn't say it, I still had to finish his sentence for him because I just couldn't believe that is exactly what came out of his mouth. <laughs> I want to thank God and my husband. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. All right. So here's the other part of his testimony. And, and here what he's doing is he's actually explaining the gist of the charges that they have against Hunter Biden. Right. He's he's going to break it down. And this is where I started learning stuff, people. The details that they share here when they start breaking the case down, like really breaking it down are very interesting, and I guarantee you, you're going to learn something and hear something you didn't hear before. Uh, you absolutely will. Let's take a listen. Hunter reported taxes owed of, of approximately 581000 and 620000 respectfully. This tax amount in 2018 would not have included the alleged additional tax due and owing from the filed false return of $106,000. Thus, as I read the pub public documents, as the Department of Justice action against Hunter Biden, there is nothing that indicates Hunter Biden will be required to amend his false tax return for 2018. A false tax return that includes proper deductions, improper deductions for prostitutes, sex clubs, and his, and his adult children's tuition. Again, perhaps when the plea agreement is released, it may provide us with a greater understanding. Fourth. The decision to bring felony counts against Hunter Biden was agreed to by both prosecutors and investigators. In the fall of 2021, I met with prosecutors assigned to the case. And so we all agreed that's, and that's decided an interesting with fact, right? And that's what I told you earlier. Both the prosecutors and the investigators, everybody agreed. Even Weiss agreed with them. Um, you know, there, there should have been charges brought uh, on Hunter a long time ago. And then, then the election was coming up. Uh, so then the administration started, not the administration, but the, the, the agency started stalling uh, any type of investigation or outcome uh, into the investigation for Hunter Biden. And they, they go into detail on that, but my God, does the whistleblower just turn around and smack Raskin straight down. Uh, oh, was it, uh, Ra I believe it was Raskin, but it was also uh, uh, Krishnamuthi as well. I hope I said that right, but uh, I, Christian Moody, Krishna Moody. Okay, so let's take a listen. Let's let's finish listening to what Comer has to say, because I want to get into uh, the details here of uh, not just the prosecutors agreeing, but I want to show you the denial of the Democratic Party, because Raskin, when you hear his statement, I mean, it's the most outlandish thing in the world. The guy, uh, he, sh he should go to Hollywood. Right. I mean, he already looks like something out of a Harry Potter movie anyway. But uh, let, let's listen to, to charges we are going to recommend to in the prosecution report, which included felony counts related to 2014 and 18. In March of 2022, the prosecutors requested discovery from the investigative team and presented the case to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. So he, they did what they said, did what they set out to do. Um, and they, they expected, once the U.S. attorney got the documents that they sent, that the investigation would go to the next level, prosecution would start, charges would be levied, and that's when it starts getting really, really hairy. Now, listen, listen to the rest of what he's saying. There's a Fourth, part two to it. The decision to bring felony counts against Hunter Biden was agreed to by both prosecutors and investigators. In the fall of 2021, I met with prosecutors assigned to... I apologize for the fact that the news agency who put this out, Fox, 
you know, that's where, where I got the clip from. When they were recording uh, the whistleblower's testimony that you hear right now, they're just, they're showing uh, James Comer's face. I, I, I looked for the proper clip. I apologize, but what he has to say is detrimental nonetheless, and you need to hear it. In the case, and we all agreed and decided which charges we are going to recommend to, in the prosecution report, which included felony counts related to 2014 and 18. In March of 2022, the prosecutors requested discovery from the investigative team and presented the case to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. In later meetings in early August of 2022, the assigned prosecutors, all four attorneys, agreed to recommend felony and misdemeanor charges for the 2017, 18, and 19 tax years, insofar as the Department of Justice Tax Division attorney sent an email about the process of bringing charges to include felony and misdemeanor tax charges in two separate districts, Delaware and Los Angeles. There it is. There it is. Everybody was on the same page. They were moving along quite nicely. They had the evidence they were looking for. They knew the contents of the SAR reports. They knew that they had they had uh, Hunter Biden at that point, hook, line, and sinker. They were all in agreement, all the prosecutors, all the investigators. Everybody was on the same page. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden around October 7th or so, after a phone call to the Department of Justice made by uh, by Weiss, David Weiss, all of a sudden the story starts changing and they start trying to murky the waters and push back on the investigation and then the stonewalling starts. And this is the kind of stuff that happens in the Democratic Party. They, they, they are obviously got their, for some reason the FBI is pushing their agenda. For some reason the FBI is protecting them. Because we, we have absolute evidence and we know what they've done in the past to Republicans for such a thing. Just the other day, they, they were uh, going to put, uh, they're putting 16 felony charges against false electors in, uh, uh, was it Michigan? Uh, Republicans. So here they go doing an investigation into election tampering where they actually bring charges. Whoa, why don't they take all the election tampering charges that we have and do something with them? Why don't they find that guy that was stuffing the ballot boxes in Dinesh D'Souza's movie and all of the ballots were falling over the ground. Why not follow all those 2,000 mules around, get their names and everything? Because they all broke the law. Every damn one of them broke the law. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to, to ballot harvest. You're not allowed to drive around with boxes of ballots in your trunk and go put them in drop boxes. You're, that is absolutely not allowed. So we have that on video. We have the data to prove who did it, where they drove to, obviously not how many ballots they dropped but you can obviously see it on camera they got the FOIA request and got the video footage so why aren't those people being charged you know they, they like like we're talking about right here is another example of a two-tier justice system and a bunch of uh, of democrats that are absolutely in denial they're in denial listen to raskin's denial listen just yesterday mr chairman you and i got a letter from lev parnas the ukrainian-born american businessman who was at Rudy Giuliani's side as his right-hand man for a year between November 2018 to October 2019 as Giuliani and then President Trump tried to smear Joe Biden before the 2020 election with the very same allegations we're still running through the political spin cycle. He said they were trying to smear Trump before 
Oh, I mean, uh, Biden before the election, when the reality of it was they weren't trying to smear him. They were investigating things that they knew were all going on, and they wanted the details for, which we later ended up getting when Comer and Grassley and everyone else started sinking their teeth into it and got the information that Trump and them were essentially knew existed back then, which was the reason for the phone call. That was the, It wasn't a quid pro quo. It was a very simple question about corruption in his country, and which turned out to be absolutely valid and true. He did have the prosecutor fired for uh, uh, and, and told him that he wouldn't get the he wouldn't get the uh, the money unless he fired the prosecutor. Son of a bitch! He fired the prosecutor. All that was true. What are we talking about? What the hell is Voldemort talking about? Let's hear what he's saying. Every week in this committee, I request unanimous consent to enter the Parnas letter into the record. Now, See, even Parnas sounds like a Harry Potter character. Now, in this extraordinary 10-page letter, Parnas painstakingly describes the campaign orchestrated by Giuliani and Trump to, quote, dig up dirt on the Bidens and mm -hmm. spread misinformation about them through various networks, including government officials. I have a question. What misinformation? Everything that we've said about Hunter and Joe Biden thus far has been proven true. And it just becomes more true every time we get more evidence, we find out of more wrongdoing, more whistleblowers, more corruption, more payoffs. Come on, man. Listen, Fox News. Like I said, they're in denial. After explaining this campaign to fabricate corruption charges against Biden, Parnas concludes his letter by saying, Throughout all these months of work, the extensive campaigns and networking done by Trump allies and Giuliani associates, including the enormously thorough interviews and assignments that I undertook, quote, there has never been any evidence that Hunter or Joe Biden committed any crimes related Hold up, to- Hold stop, Look, listen. This is what I mean. He's, on his, he's obviously on his meds, and he took too many of them, or he didn't take enough. Let's listen to what he said again. That I undertook. Listen. Quote, there has never been any evidence that Hunter or Joe Biden committed any crimes. There should be like an animated hand that comes out of nowhere and just, like, come on, dude. What do you mean no evidence? No evidence? Really no evidence. You don't call the bank records evidence. You don't see his grandkids getting paid as evidence. You don't see 16 to 17 payments from Romania from a guy who later got arrested for corruption as evidence. You don't see the phone calls where Biden is essentially threatening the life of Ukraine's president where he tells him that his physical as well as financial security is at risk if he doesn't close the Pravat Bank. And he, and he said that the IMF loan wouldn't come forward if he didn't do it either. You mean that, that that's not doing anything wrong? That's not evidence? And these people related to Ukrainian politics. Never during any of wow. my communications with Ukrainian officials or connections to Burisma did any of them confirm or provide concrete facts linking the Bidens to illegal activities. Not true. As Mr. Parnas concludes, there's never been any factual evidence, only conspiracy theories spread by people who... So, and the reason why in the early days, why it didn't come out sooner... The owner of Burisma ended up getting killed at that time. He was, he was murdered. His wife, who was the accountant for uh, Burisma, literally contacted the FBI and wanted to make a statement and essentially was saying that I'm going to show you where, I'm going to tell you where uh, the, off, uh, the offshore bank accounts are and all that. And what do you know? Next thing you know, she ends up dead. She ends up dead as well. 
And now we have two more whistleblowers that are in the wind, you know, both arrested by saying, I'm going to come forward and, and, and speak to you. And, and they're, now they're uh, arrested. Come on, people. You're not, you don't have to be real smart. You have to be smarter than a Democrat. Let me put it that way. You have to be smarter than a Democrat to figure this out. So that's, that's it. And that's, that shouldn't be too hard to be. Because, uh, I mean, it, it's, unless you're an elected Democrat, because they're willfully ignorant. They know they're lying. Don't, don't think for a second he's saying all this and actually believes it as well. He just wants his left-wing uh, uh, cronies in, 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 his, in his constituents to believe it. That's all he cares. He, he doesn't care if it's true. just cares if, if people believe his act. So he gets to stay in office and, and garner more power. And it, it, this, is, this is how they do. They grift and, and they... Play off people's victimhoods, and they stand on people's backs to get taller, and they lie. They absolutely lie. They are a propaganda arm. I mean, I feel like I live in China or Russia anymore with the amount of lies that these people tell and the propaganda they put out and the ignorance they, abs- they spew. I mean, really? No evidence? Really? What, a, what an idiot. Knew exactly what they were doing, and then he calls on this committee to end its wild goose chase and offers to come and testify. Remember, this is Mr. Giuliani's guy. This is his interpreter and right-hand man who spent a year out there trying to cook the books against Joe Biden, and he offers to come testify. So if anyone doubts anything he's saying, let's bring him in as a witness, and let's hear about that crusade that they were on to smear President Biden by promoting the same (laughs) baseless conspiracy theories that this committee... I can't listen to him, nor Baseless conspiracy theories. The bank records aren't conspiracy theory. The laptop is not conspiracy theory. The videos of the prostitutes aren't conspiracy theory. The text messages are not conspiracy theory. The, the, the payments from Ukraine, China, the WhatsApp message is not conspiracy theory. The phone calls are not conspiracy theory. The, the, the 1,850 boxes in the Penn Biden Institute are not conspiracy theory. The fact that you guys have made up uh, time and time again, false charges against an innocent man isn't conspiracy theory either. That's why one of you had to be censored and it was voted to be censored because you lie. Like a damn rug, you lie. 2020. So it was the presidential pro- here is Here is a, a prime example of, uh, of a guy who, who, who wants to get out and just do like a mic drop moment. But the whistleblowers flip it. I mean, absolutely flip flip it on this guy and he doesn't like it when it's actually explained he thought he had a moment he thought he had something that was just gonna nail it home and watch what happens funny as can be just listen primaries now sir joe biden was not the president at that time either was he i i mean the answer to your question is no he was not but i don't see where you referenced it in my tran you know for page 23 you're talking about how the election cycle is delaying decisions by the prosecution. And it turns out that the delay oh. in the election cycle was happening at a time when Joe Biden was not the president. I'm sorry, sir. That's in Special Agent Ziegler's transcript. That's why I couldn't find it. So, so Mr. Ziegler and you shared concerns about delays related to the election cycle. But at that time, Joe Biden was not the president. I believe at that time he was the nominee for president. But, well, he was not the president, was he? 
It's just a simple question, sir. Can you rephrase the what, the, what time period? Joe Biden was not the president in the presidential primaries in 2020. Correct. That is correct. Sir, finally, Mr. Shapley, you said that warrants were ready as soon as April 2020 to begin searching for records, but actions weren't taken with regard to those warrants. Again, Joe Biden was not the president in April 2020, and was he? And it doesn't matter. So he's getting I'm ready confused to explain by the line why. of questioning. We're talking about an election to which uh, now President Biden was a part of. So he didn't have to be the president to have election meddling. No, but the... <laughs> but that's not it. That's not what I was talking about. Um, listen to his actual explanation as to why it didn't matter. You may answer the question. So, you know, it's clear that he was not the president, but an election is for the purpose of electing a president. And, and, and Joe Biden at the time was a nominee for president of the United States. Therefore, the election clauses with DOJ policy took place and, and were in effect. And it wasn't until September 4th of 2020 that the Department of Justice Public Integrity said that we can no longer take any actions on that case. And in, in as early as April, in as early as April or April to June of 2020, the Department of Justice, uh, Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, was already invoking the election as a reason not to perform those search warrants. Okay. And that was Donald and, and Trump's times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there is a clause. A, a DOJ clause that kicks in during the um, uh, the late the late part of the primaries and the election cycle, uh, which caused them to delay what was going on. It had nothing to do with who was president. Had nothing to do with Trump. They just wanted to make sure they knew Trump was in charge when this happened. Like it mattered. Like Trump's a king. Like come on. Now, he, he, Trump didn't operate the way that Biden operates, right? You didn't you didn't see him weaponizing the FBI to go after Hillary Clinton. You didn't see him do any of the kind of shit that you just seen uh, Joe Biden do, uh, raiding, uh, raiding Giuliani's home, trying to get information on his client. Like we're raiding the president's lawyer's house to, in a, in a, in a, in a way to try to garner information to see what Trump might know. That's what they're looking for because when they were there and Giuliani offered them the laptop hard drive, they didn't want any part of it. They didn't want any part of it. Crooked as can be. And, and, and then Jim Jordan really breaks down what, uh, you know, how he knew exactly that uh, Weiss was playing both sides of the fence and that he wasn't being completely honest with people. Take a listen to what happened. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Last month, David Weiss sent me two letters. In the first letter on June 7th, he said, I've been granted ultimate authority over the matter, including responsibility for deciding where when and whether to file charges, the quote that the ranking member just put up. Later that same month, he sent me the second letter where he said, no, I don't. No, I don't have that charging authority. So June 7th, he says, I'm the boss. I can do whatever I darn well want, file it wherever I want. And then June 30th, he says, no, I can't. What happened in between those two events? Your testimony went public. He goes, oh my goodness, I got to change my story because now the truth's coming out. Remember, I just said this earlier when we started uh, the podcast at the at the top of the hour, I explained this to you. I said, this is, pay attention to this because later he's going to get back into this and he's going to explain to you why it was so important to take note of the fact that 
Weiss was in agreement, and then all of a sudden he wasn't. He had to come forward because he had given him two different stories. And now that the whistleblower story had been made public, I think as of June 22nd, um, he said, uh, basically, I need to elaborate on what I told you. You'll get the drift here in a second. Listen. And it sounds like in this investigation to me, Mr. Shapley, that the prosecutors and the investigators were in agreement for most of the investigation, and then we get to October of 2022. I see Mr. Ziegler nodding his head. And that meeting is where David Weiss told you something. Is that right, Mr. Shapley? What did he say? Can you put your mic on there? What did he say? Yes, he told me he was not the deciding person on whether or not charges were filed. He told us that uh, D.C. U.S. Attorney had declined to allow charges. He told us that he had requested special counsel authority from Maine DOJ and denied that and authority. Was they, he was denied the ability to place charges. I don't want, and I don't want that little detail to be lost on anyone. They tried to file charges. He said that, that D.C. told him no. Nine. That's correct. Were you, the, were you the only guy in that meeting? I was not. How many other people were there? There were seven total people, including me. You and Mr. Weiss and, and five others, right? That's correct. And uh, did any of them, have any of them come forward and say what you just said is not true? They have not. No one Very has, important. right? That is no correct. One is, no one has disputed, refuted, no one said you, what you said. There were emails, meetings, witnesses, all of which each time they were, each one of those scenarios played out. Whether it was a meeting, I think he said it was like eight people. He stated these facts then. They didn't call him on it. He sent an email to them and with, with these facts and, and relating what was said in the meeting. They didn't call him on it. In fact, they said essentially good job or something to that effect, which you'll hear here in a second. So everything he's telling you is true. And it's not until he gets in front of the Congress that these people can try to, you know, twist and contort the truth and turn what is real into a lie. And, and they try very hard, but it doesn't work. Not true. That's and did correct. you memorialize what took place in that meeting? Did you memorialize that? Yes, I did. That day when I returned home from the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office, I, I put it in an email to the two senior executives at my agency. You put it in an email that day. That's correct. Contemporaneous when it happened. I got the email here. It's Exhibit 10 in your testimony when you were interviewed by the Ways and Means Committee October 7th, Friday, after, Friday evening, 6.09 p.m. That email, right? That's correct. Sent to Mr. Walden and Mr. Batdorf. Who are those individuals? Uh, uh, Mike Batdorf is the Director of Field Operations for Southern Division of IRCI, and Daryl Walden was the uh, Special Agent in Charge of the Washington, D.C. Field Office. These are your bosses, right? That's correct. Did Mr. Walden get back to you? Yes, he did. Remember what he said? He said, thanks, Gary. You covered it all. You covered, covered it, all. it all. He didn't, didn't, didn't stop and call him a liar, didn't say you got this wrong or that wrong, none of that. You covered it all. Say, thanks, Gary, but you're wrong. That's not what happened. He affirmed what you said. You covered it all, and you laid it out. You spelled out just what you told me a few minutes ago, right? That's correct. What Mr. Weiss told you in that meeting. Yes. And when that goes public on June 22nd, last month, Mr. Weiss says, oh, I got to change my story. I That's right. He's got to change his story. Now listen correct. What Mr. To the Weiss told you in that meeting. Yes. And when that goes public on June 22nd, last month, Mr. Weiss says, oh, I got to change my story. I better send a letter to the, the, the Judiciary Committee where he says, I stand by what I wrote, but I wish. Jim, Jim Jordan, uh, he just, he looks like the guy who's the last one in the office. 
you know, it, it's 7 o'clock. He's still there with a little light on, sleeves rolled up. It, it, he, he looks like 6 or 7 o'clock on a 9 to 5. That's what, that's what Jim Jordan reminds me of. I says, oh, I got to change my story. I better send a letter to the, the, the Judiciary Committee where he says, I stand by what I wrote, but I wish to expand. I mm. wish to Let fix it. Let me explain. It. And then he had to further go, uh, go further in July when he talked to, when he sent a letter to Senator Graham and said, to clarify again, they've changed their story. You guys haven't. What do you think happened? What do you think? Mr. Weiss was consistent with the investigators up until this October 7th meeting, and then he changed. What do you think happened, Mr. Shapley? I mean, I don't know, I don't know what uh, happened internal at Department of Justice, but uh, what I can say is that, um, is that the story has been changing uh, from Department of Justice and U.S. Attorney Weiss, and uh, I think it, the only person that's really had any documents that have been corroborated are my own. Exactly. I think what happened. I think it's obvious. Anyone with common sense can see what happened, because he said it in Mr. Graham's letter. He said, I had discussions with Maine Justice. I had discussions with the folks, the big, the Deputy Attorney General, the Attorney, whoever it was, I don't know, but he had discussions with the people at Maine Justice, and suddenly things change. And that all became evident on October 7th. And until October 7th, the investigators, to Mr. Raskin's point, the investigators and the prosecutors, they were in agreement. Here are the facts. Here's how we do it. Here's how we've always done it. We got the two best agents in the place on the case. Let's go. And then shazam, something changes. And I think it's what Mr. Weiss conveyed to Senator Graham when he said, I had discussions with folks at Maine Justice. We don't know what were in those discussions, but it looks pretty obvious what happened. Looks pretty obvious. They, initially, everyone was pounding their chest. David Weiss has complete authority. Now suddenly he doesn't. He doesn't because you guys came forward and told the truth. And that's the truth. And they all know it. It, it doesn't, like I said, it, all you have to do is be smarter than, than the Democrat to figure this out. It's not very hard. It's not very hard at all. Jordan, Jim Jordan has put a ton of work into this. Grassley has to, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul. I have seen uh, teamwork on our side of the aisle like I've never seen before in the last few years. And, and, that, and that, is, that is something that's positive that I've noticed and that has taken place in, uh, in the conservative party. Then uh, you have you know, a lot of strong people in the conservative party like Marjorie Taylor Greene, just a strong lady, very strong, uh, won't back down, and that's exactly what we need. That's exactly what we need. now. Uh, South Carolina's Tim's, uh, Timmons breaks down the case, and when he does, he, he actually unpacks it in such a way as to tell you things that I guarantee you, you didn't know before you heard this. This is what I was talking about. So this was very eye-opening to hear it this way from him, because um, I've never heard anyone tell it like this before. Listen to what he said. Power. With gavels in hand, we now possess crucial evidence just months into our investigations. The American people can see plain as day the corruption, bribery, and criminal actions of the Biden family. We are here to do the jobs that the DOJ, the FBI, and the IRS refuse to do. They have failed to fulfill their duties and properly investigate the Biden family and their international bribery schemes, which resulted in million-dollar payouts. I want to again thank you both for coming forward. I cannot imagine how difficult this has been on you and your family. I think the best use of my time is to help simplify the complex scheme for the American people. 
help do the job that DOJ, IRS, and FBI, they just refuse to do. We talk about China, we talk about Romania, Ukraine, it all seems complicated. But this scheme was born in 2014 in Ukraine and then replicated in other countries. Ukraine is the proof of concept, if you will. This is the scheme, simple. Foreign client has a problem, pays a Biden. Vice President Biden travels to the country. Vice President Biden leverages U.S. influence to force a favorable outcome for the client. The Biden family earns their fee. That's the scheme. That's the scheme. So let's just start with Ukraine so I can just show you the proof of concept. I'm going to walk you through the timeline. In 2014, Burisma has a problem. They want to get their stock listed on Wall Street. But the prosecutor general is investigating corruption, and they can't get the outcome they want in New York. So what do they do? They hire Hunter Biden, pay him millions of dollars. But Mr. Ziegler, my only question for you is going to be, if I can direct you to page 99 of your transcript, is it accurate to say Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden received millions of dollars from Burisma? Yes, that would be accurate. Thank you. Uh, to the American people, I want to point out briefly that Hunter Biden has absolutely zero qualifications in this industry or in business in general, but he does have the big guy. November 2nd, 2015, an email to Hunter, um, a Burisma uh, executive says that he's demanding a high-level U.S. official visit Ukraine to force out Shokin. This is in an email obtained from Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, November 14, 2015, attention Hunter to Biden that. confirms the big I, I don't want you to glance over that. Vice I'm President Biden. Here, as a matter, just listen. The, the, he's, he's talking about the laptop, and he's talking about an email on the laptop, an email that says that, hey, we need to get rid of this prosecutor. And next thing you know, the prosecutor does. Guess who gets rid of him? Guess how he gets rid of him? And what leverage he used? And that's the quid pro quo. That's the dirty pool. That's what they were covering up. But he admitted it right on camera. What you didn't know were the little details behind it. This is this why I said this is telling. These details told like this are not what are told on the daily. You don't hear them like this. His testimony to me was extremely eye-opening. Let's let him continue. No, have no fear. December 7th through 9th, Biden has an official visit using U.S. tax dollars, threatens President Poroshenko to withhold a billion-dollar loan guarantee if Shokin isn't fired. He lied about this during the campaign. He specifically said it wasn't true. Sure enough, Shokin's fired. If you have any questions about whether he fired him, uh, January 23rd of 2018, he brags about it years later. Ladies and gentlemen, American people, that's the scheme. That is the proof of concept. They replicated it again and again because they never dreamt Biden would be president. No one did. But he is our president. And because of his actions, because of him selling policy decisions to adversaries abroad for personal gain, he is vulnerable. He is vulnerable. And our national security is vulnerable because of it. He's not lying. It makes Biden susceptible to blackmail, which is why a lot of people are theorizing that he has changed his position uh, to the extent that he has. I mean, he laid out an entire plan for how to get out of Iraq, which is exactly the opposite of what he did when he got out of Afghanistan. He said, don't leave the weapons because they'll use them against your grandchildren. He left the weapons. He said that you can't take your military out first. You got to get your people out first. He took the military out first. He did every damn thing that he said not to do. Everything. And, you know, it, 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 the, the position that he's taken on crime, he's so soft on crime. Now it's, now it's a, a, a cashless bails and all these things that the left are pushing. 
when in fact he was one of the ones that locked up more people than any of the other ones there. I think anyone on the Senate and Congress or anywhere right now that's currently elected have not put forth legislation that has jailed as many people as Joe Biden has. And that's a fact. The 94 crime bill has put more people in jail than any other legislation from anybody that's introduced that's currently in office right now. And uh, as I promised you, I said I was going to show you a video about Connolly and the hypocrisy. Um, it just it comes right. I'm just absolute hypocrisy. I mean, he shoots himself in the face. L just listen. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, and thank you both for being here today. Um, my friend from South Carolina said he was going to simplify it for the American people. I think he succeeded. So simple as to be unrecognizable. Uh, and if we're going to talk about Ukraine and Burisma, let's remember that the President of the United States, not Joe Biden, Donald J. Trump, was impeached over a phone call to the President of Ukraine wanting to get dirt. And that's just it right there. He was impeached over a phone call for the President of Ukraine because of the quid pro quo that we just explained happened, but it was Biden who did it hypocrisy right there i mean the, the the guy doesn't i mean he like somebody just gave him his opinion right now i mean he looks like uh dilbert's dad uh, the guy it is no way and he doesn't know what he's talking about and the things that he just now stated goes against what he's trying to do that's why i said they don't have any standards they can't actually talk about the issues um they they, they put forth these things and these in these little attempts to virtue signal, but in fact, all they do is show themselves to be hypocrites. On this very subject, on this very individual, mm -hmm. with this very company. That's right. And, and withheld military equipment desperately needed, as we now know, including Javelin missiles. Only desperately needed right now, as we now know, because of your political party and your attempts at gain in Ukraine, which has emboldened them and now we're dealing with what we're dealing with behind a bad deal Obama made to make Ukraine disarm. And we moved NATO a thousand miles closer. We put them in Poland. Look, people, we wouldn't allow Mexico. I mean, we wouldn't allow China or Russia to come set up shop in Mexico. But they do have troops in Canada. China does. And that's a fact. Uh, to, to what extent and all that, I, I, I can't find too much more about it they say they're up there training and that sort of thing but they have thousands of troops up there but we don't allow them to put uh, missile defense systems on our border we don't we wouldn't allow them to put missiles in Cuba right but we moved NATO a thousand miles closer we put people in Poland and uh, very simply you know we could end this tomorrow all we have to do is keep our side of the agreement very simple keep our side of the agreement keep NATO away the people in the Donbass that are there that voted to be the, the, the separatists, that whole town, well, the ones that the Ukrainians went into and started shooting their own damn people because they saw them as Russian sympathizers. Because when they drew the border of Ukraine, they, these people didn't want to be a part of it. They never did from day one. So uh, even though I understand this is a, this is a, this is a, a territorial dispute, and these people are were being slaughtered by their own by their own government by their own military that we've also seen the characteristics of the guys doing it who's not a good guy right locked up his political opponents 
He regulated uh, worship, meaning you you can't just worship your God the way that you subscribe to. He's 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 gotten rules for how he wants you to do it. The media is a state-ran media now. His political opponents are in prison, and here he is still begging for money left and right, um, trying to get NATO to admit him. When if we do, that's 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 an that's our fault, right? That's our bad. We we should not be putting Ukraine into NATO. We got enough shit going on right here on home base that we have to worry about without inviting everyone else's problems. You need to get those people to the table and you need to come up with some agreement for peace that they can agree to and get us the hell out of there because it's not our war and we don't need to be supporting it to the tune of billions of dollars and giving them all of our ammunition and ammo and and now you just go on TV and say, oh, we're out of that one. Like, that was a real smart move. And then you give them ammunition and uh, ammo and weapons that we, we banned, that we said were inhumane, but let's give them to, let's give them to Ukraine. You're, you're a hypocrite, and you're making everyone look bad. Biden is the worst president, bar none, in U.S. history. In U.S. history, the most crooked uh, it, it just, it, with the unmightest touch, with the exception of his own bank account. Which are very useful in anti-tank warfare to get it. For which he was impeached, quite correctly. But my friends on the other side of the aisle all voted so, against that. So, don't, don't forget no that. It, it is correct, accor according to Dilbert, uh, it is correct to impeach somebody for withholding money from them for favors. Well, where's he at, Dilbert? Why don't you Why don't you impeach Why don't you impeach Biden, huh, Dilbert? He look He, he looks like he might drive with his mouth open like that. Just take. <laughs> I know people have seen these guys that drive down the street and with their mouth open while they're driving. He looks like one of them. Problem with that kind of interference. Yeah, interference. We all know the interference. The interference came. The moment CNN started running uh, uh, programs, knowing that what they were running was just a, a complete crock, they even got uh, James O'Keefe. Kudos to this man. He got the technical producer on camera, uh, stating that, "Yeah, we knew they were lies, but you know they were good for ratings." I mean, they knowingly lied. That that was the election. This is Miss Green for for five. Not allowing the the laptop to be reported on or posted about on Facebook or Twitter or Probably suppress Google searches too. That one I don't know about. I would assume that they do, that they did. But because um, you can see it today when you go to Google, when you do a simple search, it's very hard to look for things uh, as a conservative and find them. very hard. So as promised, uh, MTG is where I'm going to close it out with, and she's a showstopper. I mean, she's one of the most entertaining. Uh, but strong and honest men, uh, women in 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 uh, in the house, absolutely. And it's funny because when you ask you ask like Alexa who uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is, uh, Alexa says Marjorie Taylor Greene is a conspiracy theorist, a right wing conspiracy theorist at that. But you you don't see uh, anything she says like w where's the lie, where's the lie? So you want to call someone a conspiracy theorist, you need to back that up. You definitely need to back that up. This is Ms. Green for, for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Before we begin, I would like to let the committee and everyone watching at home that parental discretion is advised.
I would also like to remind everyone that on our oversight committee, we provide oversight into all parts of the federal government, including their Department of Justice and their, their willingness to prosecute and their unwillingness to prosecute, and whether it's politically motivated. Um, I would also like to say that when evidence and proof of a crime is presented, no prosecution should be denied, no matter who the person is. Uh, to the whistleblowers today, I thank both of you for your courage to come to the committee today and your commitment to, to truth. Uh, I have great respect for it, so thank you. I would like to talk with you both about Hunter Biden and his tax write-offs with his law firm, Owasco. I would like to ask uh, Mr. Ziegler, when did you start your investigation and your testimony? It was November 2018. Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. During your testimony with the, House, with the House Ways and Means Committee, you stated that through bank records, you identified Hunter Biden was paying prostitutes related to a potential prostitution ring. Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes, that's correct. I've also reviewed that those same bank reports, commonly referred to as SARS, suspicious activity reports, and I'm very troubled by them. We read thousands of them in the Treasury. This particular excerpt from a SARS report talks about human trafficking uh, and in regards to Hunter Biden and Owasco and, and payments he was making. See, that's, that, see, once again, I think they, need to, they really need to emphasize this because this is true. And the, the payments meet it out. They have the records. And, and, and later you'll, you'll hear about the Mann Act that she's getting ready to talk about where he flies them uh, across state lines. And, I, and I, I'm not even sure, but I, I believe into the country. So he's really uh, 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 participating in human trafficking, and they have the evidence. They have the receipts for this. Come on, people. If, if his last name, if he was Hunter Trump, he would be under a prison right now. This is, this is why we say there's a two-tier justice system. On its face, that's exactly what it is. And the truth is in the document she was just holding up. That doesn't have a political party. That doesn't have an agenda. It's just the truth. And the truth is that's a crime. And the truth is they ignored it. And that needs to stop. What's even more troubling to me is that the Department of Justice has brought no charges against Hunter Biden that will vindicate the rights of these women who are clearly victims under the law. Um, I would like to talk about in your prior testimony, you stated that the prosecutorial team was investigating violations of the Mann Act. Is that correct, Mr. Ziegler? That is correct. Regarding the Mann Act, if a person is transported across state lines for sexual activity, such as pros prostitution, that could be a violation of a federal law. Is that correct? Uh, I actually recently looked at the federal law regarding Mann Act, and I believe that that is correct, but I would refer you to the DOJ manual. Thank you. I would like to uh, present this to the committee. This is showing Hunter Biden paying for a victim's United flight from L.A. to Dulles. This was a... I believe this is a violation of the Mann Act. This is Hunter Biden's, this is his uh, proof that he bought the ticket. He bought it for this woman right here. Um, she, he flew her from Los Angeles to Washington on June 14th, flew her back 
to uh, Los Angeles, California on June 15th of 2018. And I would like to um, point out that if he was purchasing her a plane ticket for sex and traveling across state lines, do you believe that to be a violation of the Mann Act, Mr. Ziegler? So I can talk to specifically what's in my tran or what's in my transcript regarding the Mann Act. So I know we were compiling the information together. Yes, but Mr. Ziegler, travel as as the law states by the by the code of the law, it states traveling, paying someone to go across state lines is is prostitution. It's a violation of the Mann Act. Let me just move on just one more one more second here. Uh, so when her, when Hunter Biden paid for this woman to do this with him, to travel across state lines from California to Washington, D.C. <laughs> She's a beast, man. On June 15th. This oh is a violation goodness. of the Mann Act. This was prostitution. Let me continue. Did Hunter Biden also use his company, Owasco PC, <laughs> to pay prostitutes? Wow. Can you hold on one second? Chairman. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll give you this additional time back. Thank you. I'm over to you regarding Mann Act. Yep, thank you, Mr. Ziegler. Um, so talking about Hunter Biden using his company, Owasco PC, to pay prostitutes, this is also a sp suspicious activity report showing that victim one, the, the woman that was paid for prostitution, that traveled from California to Washington, D.C., paid for by Hunter Biden. This is a, an excerpt from a SARS report that we've read in the Treasury, and I think you, you all have looked at these two, showing that victim one was supposedly an employee of Owasco. Um, but, but I would like to point out, this is not really what most paralegals do. <laughs> she got the fish. Oh, my goodness. People, I... This is the president's son. This is this is what they're covering for, right? But it doesn't stop with Hunter. It goes to Biden's doorstep directly, right? And it doesn't stop at Biden's doorstep neither because it goes to Obama's door directly. And if they take those two pawns down in the game, then guess what? All of the people on the Democratic side that backed them up, who, who marched right along the party lines, go down with them. So that's why you're looking at them fighting this investigation so damn hard even when the evidence is 100% factual and you really can't argue about it, but they still try to create arguments where there are none to actually be made. The, the, what they're saying is absolutely true. The pictures are real. The, the, the SAR reports are real. The crimes are real, but they don't want to address them because it, I'm telling you, if, if, if Hunter falls, Joe falls, if Joe falls, Barack falls, and then the Democratic Party falls. It, that's exactly the way it works and the dominoes in that order. So they're going to do anything and everything that they can possibly do to make sure that that doesn't happen. Even though they probably don't like these guys, they probably don't like Joe Biden because of all the problems he's causing for them. But they won't throw them to the wolves because they'll be next. For law firms. Um, and, and it's very serious that Hunter Biden was paying this woman through his law firm and then writing it off as business 
tax exemptions. Most most people write off, uh, you know, their tax write off things for their taxes through their businesses, like a meal or uh, say office supplies. See. He said she was an employee, which she wasn't, and then claimed her on a tax form, you know, filed, you know, taxes and stated basically that was an expense, a business expense. So he lied. Yet again, he lied. And they have the proof. They have the receipts of the lie. But the left still won't acknowledge it. And that's the sad part, because we're seeing people that are having the truth presented to them, and you're watching what they're doing with that truth. And that's the most eye-opening thing about this whole whistleblower testimony, is that you see time and time again that they're with, the whistleblowers are bringing truth to these people. And yet, some of them are arguing against the truth based on technicalities. Some of them argued race, where race shouldn't even play a part in this with the exception of, like I said, that two-tier justice system that they said, you can't use that, that's what, that's, you know, that's a, you know, the two-tier justice system is really blacks. You know, that's the one that, because they, they don't want anyone stealing their victimhood. Don't let that happen. But this it plays right into that. So if you really do believe that, then why wouldn't you want to see some privileged white guy who literally broke the law and you're looking at the evidence for that why wouldn't you want him arrested? Because that's what you're arguing for. By arguing against it, using that, you defeat your own argument. It makes no sense. But that's Democrats for you. They don't make any sense. So, guys, thank you for hanging out with us. I know this was a long one. I wanted to make sure that we got through it and we got out of it the best that it could possibly have given us. So I made sure to skip AOC. I made sure to skip some of the more radical people. We'd be here for nine hours. Uh, listening to the entirety of the testimonies that took place today. But I wanted to highlight the ones that you really needed to hear to get the full story and just enough to, for you to see the hypocrisy of the left and the fact that these people are guilty of sin and they belong in prison. So uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you click that like, follow, subscribe button, depending on what platform you're watching us on. And as always... The silent majority, you need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. Have a good day.